You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, welcome back to the DNB Supply Show, everybody. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, and thanks so much for being here with us again this week. Well, you know, on this show, we are trying to bring you the best information that we can to help you in whatever your pursuit of the agricultural, the Western lifestyle is and however you do that. And sometimes that comes down to things that are going on legislatively. And we're going to have a couple guests on today to talk about just that. So we're going to have on Birgitta Gruenberg, the Food and Safety Modernization Act Program Manager from the Idaho Department of Agriculture, as well as Chanel Walt, who's coming on, and she's the Chief Operating Officer at the Idaho Department of Agriculture. We're going to be talking about a new rule called the Produce Safety Rule, and this is something that's being rolled out gradually. It was initially passed by the United States Congress, given over to the FDA to implement, and then passed down to the Idaho Department of Agriculture, as well as the Oregon Department of Agriculture to implement, to educate farmers about and get everybody up to speed on this before anybody starts monitoring how people are complying with this new rule. So we're having them both on today to talk about this and kind of spread that educational campaign that the Idaho Department of Agriculture is charged with to let people who are growing and selling produce, fruit, vegetables that uh, may not be cooked but will be consumed raw, let them know about this new rule. I do think it's something that everybody needs to know about and it's something that's definitely happening and there's some big changes coming in terms of food safety on the farm that haven't taken place in about 80 years in our country. And so they're here to talk all about it. And we've got that here for you coming up right now. So hopefully this is very useful to you and uh, interesting to you if you're not in this aspect of the Western lifestyle. But definitely everybody likes to consume these fresh fruits and vegetables. And so you'll want to know about what's going on. Well, Brigida and Chanel, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. We want to start off the show by just kind of introducing you both to the audience and and finding out a little bit about you. And I think, Brigitte, we'll start with you. Can you tell us your title and, and who you work for and, and what you do? Uh, sure. I am the FISMA program manager for the Idaho State Department of Agriculture. I've been working there for about a year. And previous to that, I came from local government as well, the health department. And I've been in food safety for about 12 years. Okay. Very good. Go ahead, Chanel. I'm Chanel Wall. I'm the chief of operations for the Idaho State Department of Agriculture. I've been at the agency for about 10 years. I work in communications, public affairs, policy, those areas for the director's office specifically, and focus on external relations. And Brigitte, you said that you are the uh, the program manager for FISMA. What does FISMA stand for? FISMA stands for Food Safety Modernization Act. Okay, and that is what we're here to talk about today. Correct. Okay. Well, let's start off like this. What in the world is it? What it, That's a big, long title. What does it mean? FISMA um, is our nation's largest overhaul of the federal food safety law since 1938. So it's um, about 70 years since that we've had an overhaul on our food system. It was signed into law in January of 2011 by President Obama. The whole goal of FISMA is to prevent foodborne outbreaks before they occur by taking a proactive approach rather than a reactionary approach to food safety. This is a federal act. Uh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, so FDA, was responsible for writing rules under this new law. 
And under this new uh, law, there are seven federal rules that address produce, human food, animal food, transportation, and imported food. The produce safety rule, as mentioned, is one of those seven new rules, which is the focus of today's interview. So this is actually a federal law. Correct. So then how is the Idaho Department of Agriculture involved with it? The industry advisory group was told they wanted to see state presence on their farms rather Mm -hmm. than a federal presence. So that's where the ISDA stepped in. So ISDA then applied for the FISMA grant. So this whole project is under a, a federal grant to help educate and provide outreach to Idaho. So then if I understand how this worked, the federal government implemented this law. People in Idaho said, you know, we'd rather have Idaho people coming to our farms than federal. And so they set up a way that Idaho could kind of work with the federal government to implement this. Right. So this is probably the largest grant the FDA has ever given um, the opportunity for people to apply for. And so Mm -hmm. this is all states had the opportunity to apply for this grant because the FDA wanted the state's input and state's help to implement these new programs. Oh, okay. So then the grant funding, is that available just to the states or is that available to individual farmers as well? States. Just to states. Okay. Very good. To help the individual farmers and try to implement the rule. Well, Chanel, do you have anything to add to what Brigitte said? We are in a little bit of a transitional period in terms of the ISDA receiving funding for F- from FDA for outreach and education, but the ISDA is not yet statutorily authorized to be a regulator in this area, so mm-hmm. we think that is coming soon, but that is something that will take place at the State House, and we will receive direction on ISDA being a regulator, but that was directly informed by the FISMA Advisory Committee and input we got from industry that was then taken in terms of legislation that industry is carrying to give ISDA authority to be on farm to implement this federal regulation. Okay, so what I'm hearing, and you let me know if I'm right or if I'm wrong, is that at this point in time, uh, this is being rolled out, but it's being rolled out in a slow manner so people have time to learn about it, so the Idaho Department of Agriculture has time to educate people about it before there's ever any enforcement of any rules or something like that. Am I understanding that part correctly? That is correct in terms of ISDA's format, and I know Brigitte can talk more about what the actual deadlines look like based on size, Mm -hmm. and uh, that would be something that she could address better. Okay. And then uh, as far as the people who are going to be impacted by this in the state of Idaho or even over in, in Oregon... We're talking about people who are farming and selling fresh vegetables. Am I, do I understand that correctly? So this rule covers vegetables that are generally consumed raw. There is an inclusive list that the FDA has that of vegetables that are not covered by this rule. So things that would be covered by this rule would include apples, okay. onions, tree fruit. Things that would not be covered by this rule would be potatoes okay, and sweet potatoes, uh, asparagus, things that would generally require a kill step or cooking process prior to eating them. So for the people growing the things that we're talking about, those are the people that are going to be impacted by this new federal law. Correct. Many, many, not all, because it uh, it's all dependent on your sales volume. Got it. Well, I'll tell you what, let's take a commercial break. And then when we come back, let's kind of jump into the specifics of who this will impact and kind of how it works. For comfortable, practical workwear, look no further than Wrangler Riggs Workwear, available at D&B. Wrangler Riggs Workwear is worksite ready clothing that includes reinforced seams and stitching, deep handy pockets, heavy duty buttons and zippers, and additional support where you need it without the heat, heft, and stiffness of traditional workwear. All in all, it's workwear with a touch of tech for the modern man. Round up some Wrangler Riggs workwear today at your favorite D&B supply. 
When you think about pet food, what comes to mind isn't normally something deserving of your best friend. But at D&B, you'll find a line of pet food that's so real, you can serve it on a plate. Earthborn Holistic Pet Food. Earthborn Holistics cater to your pet's primal needs, blending a variety of nature's finest proteins with other whole food ingredients for a kibble they'll love to nibble and will keep them healthy and happy, too. Earthborn Holistic Dog and Cat Food, available at your favorite D&B supply. Well, now that we're back, I wanted to clarify. So what types of producers are going to be the most impacted by this? And when I say what types of producers uh, in the state of Idaho, what type of producer in terms of what they're growing and what they're selling are going to be impacted the most by this rule? The onion industry, berries, tree fruit would be another industry that would be affected by this rule. And obviously, we're going to talk about it here in a moment, but there's some thresholds they have to meet before the rule applies to them. Yes, correct. Okay. Well, let's talk about the produce safety rule. So what is that? The produce safety rule, for the first time, establishes science-based minimum standards for safe growing, harvesting, packing, and storing of, of produce or holding of vegetables and fruit grown for human consumption um, that are generally consumed raw. So produce, again, that is not generally consumed raw would not be covered under this rule. There are different compliance categories based on the total produce that one would sell. So farms that that have produce sales under Mm $25,000 are exempt from this rule. So it's the farms that are above 25, so I should say $25,000 or less, they would be exempt. Okay. And this isn't, when I talk dollars, it's not just produce covered by the rule, it's all produce. So if you're a farmer and you grow onions and potatoes, Mm -hmm. um, that puts you over that $25,000, you would be covered by this rule. Okay. So now I want to make sure I'm understanding correctly so everybody out there listening can understand correctly. So the Food Safety Modernization Act, that's been in effect or, uh, since 2011. But the produce safety rule, that was just passed in 2016, and that's what we're educating people about and implementing. Do I understand that right? So a portion of that is the federal rulemaking process. So it was signed into law by the president. Okay. It then went to FDA to begin promulgation of rules. Okay. FDA undertook that process and gave us the seven rules that Brigida covered. And so that includes a produce safety rule that we're talking about right now. But that was an FDA rulemaking process and something that was available for public comment. Also something that the ISDA and many states and many industries commented on. FDA is new to the area of on-farm food regulation. Okay. Industry had significant concerns early on, voiced some of those concerns. Um, ISDA and Brigitte can speak more to this. ISDA Mm -hmm. was really involved on the early end of this process to try to better inform FDA about regional differences on farm practices that would be considered normal that needed to be considered in the rulemaking process. So the produce safety rule, that is what's being implemented. Am I understanding right? Correct. There there are other rules. Um, There's a human food rule, the animal food rule. There are other rules that are, have already been implemented that are part of the FSMA, but the produce safety rule is what ISDA has been focusing on. Got it. So that, Okay. So now I just wanted to make sure we've got the terminology correct for everybody listening. So if they're going, wow, that sounds like me, it's impacting me. They know what to look out for or to get educated on or, or whatever that may be. Yes. And so the compliance dates for the produce safety rule specifically, the mm-hmm. first compliance date actually just went into effect on 
January 26th of this year. Okay. And that is for large farms. So large farms are those farms that have a three-year average produce sales of over $500,000. Okay. And then your next size would be your small businesses, which are produce sales greater than $250,000, but less than that $500,000 to $500,000, I should say. And the compliance date for those small farms is going to be January of 2019. And then the next would be very small businesses. Mm -hmm. And the compliance date for those would be January of 2020. Okay. And those are farms that are above $25,000 to that $250,000 mark. Okay. And then just to verify again, when we're we're talking about those numbers, greater than 500,000 or 25,000 to 250, we're talking about sales of everything on the farm or just the included produce produce sales okay. so that that's more than just the produce that's generally consumed raw that's also okay. the rarely consumed raw so that's all produce so that was if i were a farmer that grew onions and potatoes Got it. i would be including that total sales and so uh, there's actually going to be people coming out and conducting inspections to make sure that people are in compliance with this? Yes. Um, how that is going to look is still under discussion, I should say. <laughs> okay. That's, that's a little bit of what we had discussed, that that part of this conversation is removed from the agency at this point and is a, a discussion that takes place at the Capitol. Mm-hmm. We will get our direction from policymakers. Okay. The agency is a policy implementer, so that is not a decision that we make ourselves that comes from industry and lawmakers but Brigida can talk to the phase that we are in which is education and outreach and that is what we have used fda funding for got it okay well i'll tell you what let's take another quick break and then when we come back let's talk about that education and outreach okay your puppy needs the very best to grow up big and strong that's why dnb stocks science diet puppy food for standard and large breed pups Science Diet's got all the nutrition essential to keeping their little tails wagging and their teeth sharp while supporting their immune systems and controlling growth. And with the highest purity and quality standards, Science Diet gives you nothing but the good stuff. Choose Science Diet Puppy Blend for maximum puppy licks. Available at your favorite D&B supply. Is cold weather holding you back from doing the things you love? You don't stand a chance of getting chilled when you wear Carhartt. Available at your favorite D&B Supply. Hardworking and good-looking, Carhartt makes extra-warm jackets, pants, sweatshirts, and more for men, women, and even kids. They're water-repellent, insulated, and tough as nails to stand up to any task that sends you out in the cold. Stock up on winter essentials, then get right back out there with Carhartt. Available at your favorite D&B Supply. Well, you know, now that we're back, I thought of a question over the break, and how many farms in Idaho actually are going to fall under this rule that are going to they're going to qualify to have people come out and inspect them on their property? Through the research we've done, um, which we've compiled through using the um, National Agricultural S- Statistics Service, we've compiled approximately 240 okay. farms. So 240 farms in Idaho actually are going to fall under the umbrella of this new, this new approximately. rule. Approximately. All right, Brigitte. So let's talk about education and outreach. So what is the Idaho Department of Agriculture doing right now in terms of that? Let me start by saying that Idaho State Department of Ag has a grant partner that we have been working very closely with, which is the University of Idaho. Okay. And so together, uh, University of Idaho and ISDA have been working together to 
provide Produce Safety Alliance trainings in Idaho. So far, we have provided six trainings in Idaho Falls, Twin Falls, Caldwell, Boise, and Payette. We have two more uh, trainings scheduled for February. And then um, the Oregon Department of Ag also has a class scheduled um, on the 23rd of February in uh, Ontario. This training is the only standardized national training program approved by the FDA right now. So if you are a covered farm, the rule requires at least one supervisor um, or responsible party from your farm to have successfully completed this training. This training is a standardized training. So whether you take this training in Idaho, Oregon, or the East Coast, it's going to be the same standard curriculum. This is an eight-hour class and... If you want more information on that, you can look on our website. We're in the process of creating some educational videos for farmers. These will be short training videos, Mm -hmm. anywhere between 8 and 12 minutes long, to help farmers um, be educated on the rule and also provide training to their employees on the rule where they don't have to do a formal classroom setting. ISDA and the U of I Extension have created many different educational materials. ISDA has met with and will continue to meet with stakeholders and commodity groups throughout Idaho to answer questions and help understand the concerns farms um, may have with this new regulation. And we'll be relaying those concerns to the FDA. And then I I wanted to ask you a follow-up on that. So uh, if a farmer in Idaho, say Payette County, If they want to go across the river and take the course that's coming up in Ontario, the fact that they're taking it in Oregon, can they, will that still apply for what they needed to do to be in compliance with this rule in Idaho? Yes. Okay. And this training is not something that they have to take again in five years. I mean, it's always good to take a refresher, but once you take the training once, you don't need to take it it again. Okay. And is there going to be, for any of our more, more remote farmers, is there going to be any online versions of this or anything like that for them? So there is not um, an online version for the Produce Safety Alliance training, but that is why that we are creating these videos. And we're probably going to create between eight and nine videos that will be an online source provided in both English and Spanish to help train farmers, their employees, as well as continue an education. Got it. But those videos in and of themselves will not be enough to, I guess, for lack of a better term, certify at least one responsible party from that farm. Correct. Okay. So somebody's got to go to a class. Someone has to go to the class. <laughs> okay. Very good. It's a fun class, I promise. <laughs> very good. All right. Well, so what are we doing to help prepare the industry for this new rule? I think you said there was some more to it, or is it, is that kind of the extent of it at this point? Well, we're also another... Well, one other thing I do want to mention is in the spring, so probably March sometime, um, ISDA, along with our grant partner, University of Idaho, are going to start conducting non-regulatory, voluntary, on-farm readiness review with farmers if they okay. choose to have one. Okay. So this is to help farmers prepare for regulatory inspections. It's a non-regulatory farm visit. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps uh, the farmer assess their level of compliance with the new rule before the inspection. There are no fees. We basically come out, we go through an on-farm review, go through the different practices, health and hygiene, and just help them assess their their readiness. Okay. We don't take notes. We don't write anything down. It's purely educational. So this is a farmer can call up and say, hey, I want to get ready. I want to make sure I'm doing it correctly. Please come out, walk through my place with me. Make sure I'm doing it right. Is that right? Correct. And we, we will be providing a manual for them to look out prior to the prior to the review so they know exactly what, what to expect. 
Okay. And then if if you show up to teach them and you go, oh, no, this you can't do this, no one's taking notes saying, as soon as this is in effect, we're coming back. Correct. We're there <laughs> okay. to help. Good. With that being said, one of the, I think, pretty cool things about this new regulation is um, the FDA is taking a very different approach. And the whole goal is to educate while you regulate. And that is a um, goal of this. Is We want to make sure that we're not just laying down the hammer. We're, we're educating and talking to the farmers is a big part of this. Well, you know, I think that's a good point to talk about too. A lot of people don't know that, but that happens across the board in any regulatory agency from uh, your regular police department through the Department of Agriculture is when a new rule comes out that's really changing something that people are used to doing. There should be, and there generally always is that educational period to try and teach people first. It's not a gotcha moment. It's a, hey, we've got to do this for the the greater good, but let's talk about it and figure out how to do it right uh, before we step in and say you have to. Absolutely. Okay, great. Well, let's take another break. And then when we come back, I want to ask you about some of the community groups and stakeholders. During calving season, your livestock operation really comes alive. On your ranch, be born ready with Powder River Livestock Handling Equipment, available at D&B Supply. For almost 80 years, Powder River has stood out as leaders in the livestock handling field with continuous equipment innovation to help ranchers work up close with their livestock safely and with minimal stress. To bring your calves in into the world, then bring them up right. Stop on by select D&B supply stores for Powder River livestock handling equipment. When you love your dogs and cats like members of the family, you feed them like family too. Dish out the best nutrition for your furry little friends with Blue Pet Food, available at D&B Supply. Blue starts every dog and cat food recipe with real meat, then adds in garden vegetables and antioxidant-rich fruit. Blue Pet Food does not contain artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. Plus, there's never any corn, wheat, or soy and no chicken or poultry byproduct meals. For every four-legged member of your family, stop on by D&B Supply for Blue Pet Food. So, Brigitte, you mentioned some of the stakeholders and commodity groups that you've been working with. I think coming out of the brick, I said community groups, but I meant commodity groups. Who are some of those groups that ISDA and the U of University of Idaho has been meeting with to educate on this? The Idaho Eastern Oregon Onion Committee, the Idaho Eastern Oregon Fruit and Vegetable Association, our FISMA advisory committee, which is comprised of um, people from a different, a lot of different associations and mm-hmm. committees. Uh, we've also been working with the Idaho Farmers Market Association to try to disseminate these materials and um, get input and talk to them about the rule. Yeah, that's really interesting. So the Farmers Market Association. So people who are selling produce at farmers markets, they're generating enough revenue to be one of these included groups then? They may. Mm-hmm. There's some stipulations there. So it it really depends on who they're selling it to, what else they may be doing. Most likely, if the only thing they're doing is selling their produce at a farmer's market, they will probably be exempt, qualified exempt. But if they are also wholesaling to grocery stores as well as farmer's markets, maybe um, they're going interstate commerce, then they may be affected by the rule. That is interesting. Okay. So if it's just strictly farmer's markets, then they're still exempt regardless of how much revenue they're generating? So there's some qualified exemptions under under the produce safety rule. So if they are selling to a qualified end user and their sales are below $500,000 and a qualified end user is within the state of Idaho or less than 275 miles away, they're selling directly to the consumer. Mm -hmm. So a U-Pick operation would also be included. Then they could qualify for 
um, an exemption. Well, now, as you've been going around and as your colleagues have been going around and talking about this new rule, what's the response been like? We've actually... In my experience, since I've been here about a year, I, I feel like we've had a really good response. I think it is scary. I mean, it's a new rule. It's very scary to people. Mm-hmm. But once they um, go through the training, the training has been a big sigh of relief, I think, for people um, going through that training and actually learning about it and realizing that they're probably doing a lot of the stuff that's required of this rule right now. So we've actually had some really good really good response. And I would say early response to the Congressional Act was more mixed. Um, It is hard for ag groups, I think, to look at a congressional mandate that they haven't had an opportunity to review or give input on, and then Mm -hmm. they see that that regulation, excuse me, that act go to FDA, a group, a government office that farmers don't typically work with, and that entity is is tasked with coming up with rules that are going to affect your farm. Right. That is pretty complicated, and from the outset, we at the agency heard from industry groups that were concerned about a number of provisions of the rule, specifically water regulation. Mm-hmm. That was pretty complicated and that went through many iterations of conversation, comment periods, feedback to FDA, Brigida, the other FISMA staff put a lot of work into getting FDA to Idaho, specifically our our chief of staff, Pam Juker, was really instrumental in getting FDA out here to see what an onion farm actually looks like, to see how they use water, sure. because what FDA envisioned for water regulation was not going to be feasible at the very beginning. We've come a long way since then. I'm really glad, and I think other folks would say the same, that FDA has listened to a number of concerns, but there's there's probably more changes to come as well, more refining and tailoring. In fact, since that onion tour, the FDA has... Um taken I th- I, uh, many tours to different states to look at water practices to make sure that the water rule, the water rule is under review right now. I first mm-hmm. should start saying that to me. So they're trying to, to change the water rule a little bit. So it's more feasible for the farmers, mm-hmm. but at the same time protects public health. Got it. Okay. Now, along those same lines, is there a stimulus that has led to this new rule? What, what is it that caused Congress to, to want to implement this? I think so. This was signed into law in 2011 and in Congress in 2010. And I don't think there was probably a single event. Mm -hmm. I think there were probably a series of events. And frankly, one event is is too many. Sure. And I think that was important to congressional members to act on that, to listen to feedback that they would have heard from their constituents Mm -hmm. about what can we do to make our food system more safe. I would say, and I've said it many times, America enjoys the safest, most affordable, most bountiful food system in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this was about probably making it even more safe. So when we talk about a series of incidents or an incident, I mean, you see things on the news occasionally where uh, there's a recall on food or something like that. And, and enough of the public responded to their representatives in Congress, the House of Representatives, and said, hey, we want to look into this. We want you to make sure our food is safe. I think that's probably a fair assessment. And there might be a, a congressman or a congresswoman out there who would say, no, there was a single event in my mind that was a catalyst sure. for this. It really firmed it up for me. But I think in general, it would have been a series of events and uh, just taking an opportunity to tighten up the system even more. And, you know, the way you described it at the outset, too, I think is key. And it is uh, we can be reactionary or we can be proactive. And I, th- I don't think we're saying that anyone's doing a bad job. But what we are saying is, you know, things have happened in the past. Let's be proactive and stop those things from happening at all. Absolutely. I think that's a really good way to put it. And that was what Brigida had talked about, 
a proactive approach and it's been an interesting process. States have been really, really involved from the early days of knowing this was being written by FDA. It's not always the case that all of the states in the union center around an ag issue in the same way. Ag issues in the West are very different than ag issues in the East, but we had a very clear, distinct single voice on FISMA that we needed to be involved. States had to have a voice. Our industries had to be represented and accounted for. And then you have many years of discussions and iterations and changes, and then you get to a place where you have experts like Brigida getting ready to do the actual outreach and education, giving out manuals, getting people ready for what's coming. Well, let's take our last commercial break and we come back. Uh, we've got some more to say about this and then we'll wrap it up. All right. Know when they say good fences make good neighbors, when you've got Balin Country gates and panels to really fence your livestock in. Also, when you let your neighbor in on the great deals you can find on Balin Country at DNB. Made from steel and designed for stamina. Bayland Country gates and panels are tested to match up to robust ranch life. So instead of mending all those fences, round up a whole new one with Bayland Country at DNB Supply. At DNB Supply, we know that what's inside counts. That's why we dish out Neutrina's NatureWise Medicated Chick Starter Grower Feed. Neutrina's NatureWise Medicated Chick Starter Feed has an exclusive blend of nutrients to support a chick's immune system and overall health, even preventing coccidiosis. Raise healthy chicks with Neutrina's NatureWise Medicated Chick Starter Feed. Available now at your favorite D&B. All right. Well, this has been a really interesting discussion. Now, it, it dawned on me during the break that I should ask you about people that are producing produce outside of the United States. Obviously, they're not subject, at least on their farms outside of the United States, to regulation by the FDA. So how does that work when we've got farmers within the United States who are trying to be competitive, but we've got people that aren't subject to this outside of the country that are selling produce inside our borders? So one of the seven FISMA rules is the foreign supplier verification rule, which basically sets the framework for foreign farms and facilities. It basically holds them to the same standard as we're we're holding to our farmers and facilities within the United States. So okay. anybody who's importing food has to go through this forum uh, supplier verification inspection to ensure that that food is meeting those standards. Interesting. So the individual farmers, say in Canada or in Mexico, they have to go through this course as well? Yeah, there should be some course. The FDA is um, taking the lead on the, okay. the foreign facilities. But basically, the FDA has addressed that. They're saying, wait a second, no, we're not just putting this on American farmers, uh, but farmers coming from outside the country and selling produce in our country, they have to uphold the to this standard as well. Correct. Okay, very good. Well, this has been a fascinating discussion. Now, for anybody out there listening, this was a lot of information. I really do appreciate you taking all the time to give it to our listeners. But for anybody listening who has questions or wants more information, who in the Idaho Department of Agriculture can they contact? Um, they can contact myself, uh, so Birgitta Gromberg, um, or Pamela Juker, who is the chief of staff, and she's also the program administrator. She's been um, with this project since the very beginning, so about five years. She's been okay. a huge part of this project. You can also go to our website. So okay. it's agri idaho.gov and then there'll be a link for FISMA and under that we have all kinds of information on the rule, training dates, um, information on us, 
educational materials that we've developed, a little bit of information on our grant partners. Um, they also, University of Idaho has a website that they've created uh, specifically okay. for the produce safety rule as well. And uh, the acronym FISMA is F-S-M-A. So anyone Correct. who's looking for that link, that's what they're looking for. And then uh, as far as extension, I know that you're you're partnering with U of I Extension. Can people go to any extension office and get information from extension or is it just uh, select people there? They are working to make that possible right now. If they go to any extension office and ask about FISMA, they should be able to direct them to uh, Rebecca Mills, who is the education outreach or, um, person who's been helping us on this project. Well, one more question I thought of before we wrap up. For a farmer out there who's listening to this and they're going, okay, I want to get ready. How can they check right now and find out? how compliant they already are. They can always call us and we can walk them through that. Or also we and our grant partner, University of Idaho has created um, a decision tool. So this is an anonymous online tool to help producers determine whether they will be likely covered by the rule or not. So it kind of walks them through these specific questions. um, And at the end, it says um, you are likely covered and gives them resources and gives them our contact information or Mm -hmm. it says, no, you're, you're, you know, most likely you're exempt. And it also provides information. Um, This is completely anonymous. We're not collecting the information and it's free and it's it's online and you can um, access that through our website website as well as the University of Idaho's. All right. Well, great. Well, this sounds like it's a big change, but it sounds like you're also taking big steps to make sure that everybody has as much information about it as possible. I really do appreciate you spending the time today. And Brigitte and Chanel, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us today. And here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the DNB Show, I'm Matt Breckwald.